0: Football on off the ball With Sky All the football you love In one place Across Sky Sports BT Sport And Premier Sports Now then you're very welcome back Mr Pat Nevin is with us Good evening
1: Good uh, evening Joe How are you doing?
0: Yeah very well We were just there uh, Looking at the match. So at his current rate of scoring 72 Premier League goals For Erling Ireland <laughs> If he can keep this pace up
1: <laughs> uh, Yes I think the phrase Scary is the one That's kind of <laughs> used by everyone We all I mean I'm sure we talked about how we expected them. I expected them to do incredibly well, but it's just blowing everyone away. And it's a the brilliance of him, and he's got everything. Um, but on top of that, just stick on the, the creativity that's behind them. You know that they're going to give them time and time again so many chances. Um, it's just an incredible thing. I read a piece of the, the saying that he is all the best strikers all rolled into one, mm. and it's is difficult, isn't it? You start to think he's who's better than that who's had all those things together that he's got absolutely everything the pace is just mad absolutely mad you know that the natural striking ability is just as good as anyone we can think of you know historically and then you put the physique on top of it um and then you stick a brilliant team on top of that as well that one problem that he had and he had, well, people talk about his head and maybe it was a question before, obviously no more, um, but the other problem was, you know, he, he wasn't playing a huge amount of games every season and you look up now and you think Pep made four changes and didn't take him off I, He he's not wrapping them up in cotton wool he thinks he's absolutely fine now to go and play as many games and it's uh, it's frightening, I mean, if you were a team trying to come up with a plan you stop him I mean, it's. We've thought about it before, you know. Yeah, Maybe you can stop him. You're talking three and four players, and you can't leave Foden, you can't leave De Bruyne, you can't leave all them on their own. Uh, it's a stunning thing to watch, and it's. Uh, and I don't think it's an arrogance of all of us because we hadn't been watching him before. A lot of us, we had. We've been watching quite closely and thinking, yeah, he's very, very, very good. He'll be the next superstar. But he looks as if he's going to be beyond that, doesn't he? he's not a hyper star? You're talking. The numbers that you know, the likes of Messi and Ronaldo, got, he he, he could get there and eclipse them, and and it wouldn't shock any of us now.
0: It was interesting. Guardiola mentioned the medical department at City having uh, sorted out whatever issues were there with Holland previously, and that he's he's more than fit enough now to play lots of ninety-minute games. So they have addressed that issue, and as you say, it's 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 suddenly so exciting to watch. It's like must-watch television now if you're a football fan. You're now suddenly checking, well, when are Man City playing with a, a renewed kind of interest? And like, I need to sit down and watch this because in twenty, thirty years, you want to be able to say, well, I watched it in real time and I watched him explode into whatever he's going to explode into. And even the, the De Bruyne across for Haaland, even that, like, there was so much in that. I'm sure like a, the, the football lover in you could break that goal down for five minutes.
1: Yeah, but of enjoyed it, when you watch now... Because I'm not, I wouldn't be looking at it almost as him. I'd be looking at it as somebody creating for him, and I've been lucky over the years being able to, you know, have some good center I ahead of me, and you learn quite quickly their moves and where they go. Um, exactly, they they stop after a while because you you look at the Browner gets the ball, and he he just takes off and hairs. You know, he just takes off and goes. He doesn't look at the Browner now. He doesn't have to. He goes right. Hey, okay, it will arrive. And he just takes up and goes. Now, it doesn't arrive every single time, but he's there every single time. Um, and I was, we chatted earlier on in the year, earlier in the season, and I was getting a bit miffed with Foden because Foden a couple of times hadn't played him when that was the right ball to play. And you think, well, wait a minute, the Browner would have played that ball. And you, by the way, Foden, you can see that ball. Uh, but even Foden now, I think he's getting it all, and he's adding what he's brilliant at as well. Uh, But that lovely moment when you're a creative player and you get a bit of space and your head just gets up and you just see this picture and it's kind of almost easy. It's it's almost too easy for De Bruyne because these perfect balls before, you know, had to be right on the foot, right, you know, be it outside his foot, inside his foot, but it had to be slide row and it had to be like within millimetres. Don't need to be millimetres anymore because you put it and you see that stretch that he does? Yeah. And and he's had two or three of them now. It's a stretch. You think, no, you can't get to that. Oh, my God, you've got to. And, by the way, you're in complete control when you've got there. So you're not aiming at inches anymore. De Bruyne is now aiming at this big cavernous space for his abilities. And when you see that, I mean, De Bruyne must be absolutely lost. And it's not just De Bruyne. There's Dundewan, there's all the rest of them. But for De Bruyne, it's it's a dream scenario because, look, because he's one of those players that I absolutely suspect he enjoys creating a goal at least as much as he scores goals to Bruyne, out. So he says that in front of him and just thinks, give me the ball, give me space, I'll find him. Mm. And it's and you don't even need, that's the other thing. <clears throat> Playing with strikers before you think, he's marked, right? Like, for two of mine were <clears throat> Aldridge and uh, Kerry Dixon, right? So they were international strikers, right? Um, and you kind of know where they're going to go. See with Haaland with now, you can put it in there where normally actually that striker won't get it because he's well marked. It's all right, put it in there, you'll probably get it. You'll mm-hmm. probably brush him off the ball, you'll probably make a move that's unstoppable. And it's it's when you see people trying to, somebody tried to bump into him the other day and I remember doing this when I was playing and a couple of people that I used to say the phrase, you play against them and you hit them and it's like hitting a the wrong type of um, material, like um, Do you remember Barry Horn used to play for uh, Everton and Wales and the rest of it, you remember I go and bump him in training and it actually hurt, mm. it was like hitting a wall, you know, because the, the, the physicality felt not like human, it felt something else, there was a guy I used to play with called Doug Rigby years ago and he was a bit like that, and you just hit him and you bounce off him, and I'm watching top quality players, Hitting this guy and just bouncing off him, yeah, <laughs> like flies, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: You, you make such an interesting observation there on on De Bruyne, who maybe felt that the ball previously had to be perfection, and now he's almost stretching uh, the limits of his own imagination. What's possible here? Because that crossing moment that felt like he was too narrow and the angle wasn't quite right, and it wasn't inviting enough for him to whip it in as he so often does from that general. Part of the pitch, but it was almost like he said, Well, it's Haaland, so I'm gonna let's let's read. So it's like it's like he brought a new Ferrari and he was like, Let's really open her up here and see if he can reach this one. And boom, he does.
1: He does. And it's again, it's, it's, a, it's a higher version of things that num- a number of us have done before when we think, Well, I'm not putting that ball through to him because he's not going to get it, yeah. So there's no point in putting it through around, I'm, I'm not going to play that ball. And you do compute these things really quickly, even as mere mortals would compute that quite quickly. Then you added the, the, on top of that. Now you're not talking about mere mortals. You're talking the Browner here. He'll compute that so so quickly and just keep on doing it. And the the limitations are unthinkable. And I, I would dearly love like I think a lot of people just to see him get a whole season. You know, no injuries at all for yeah. either Browner or Holland. Um, and again, it's just taking nothing away from everyone else that's doing it as well. But, you know, just give them a full season where nothing actually particularly goes wrong with injuries. And you will see records, just records that, you know, they, they often talk about XXX in the Premier League era. You'll be dumping that really soon. <laughs> just get, yeah. you get, Premier League era will mean nothing soon. It's like full stop, the best you'll feel. I'm so, like, excited about it. And I think everybody is.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It is really exciting. In almost any other context, you'd be talking about just how bloody good Phil Foden is.
1: Yeah, um, I was thinking about that if you your Phil Foden, there's a great picture in some of the papers, and it had Foden beaming, and he's a kind of, we've got a word in Scotland called gallus, that it's like cocky, you know, confident, really sure of himself, really pleased with himself kind of thing, but in a nice way, right, mm. and he's he, that's him, that's Phil Foden, and he's like a wee boy cuddled in, <laughs> 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 he's all way up there, he's gigantic beside him, he's cuddling in. And already Haaland's tra- treating him like a wee brother mm. in a kind of nice kind of way. And even though he's a fabulous, fabulous player himself who's just scored a hat-trick against Manchester United and played brilliantly as well. So you all of those things together, and you keep on looking at Haaland and you think, what age is he? I
0: know.
1: What can he do? What, where can he go from here? It's, it's unthinkable. See, if you take worst-case scenario, it gets an injury and it affects one part of his game, I think it'll still be okay. Mm. You know, what you if know. he loses that massive, gigantic pace and instead of being stupidly quick, it's just quite quick. It's going to be all right. He's still going to still go score a whole battle load of goals.
0: It's funny, you know, because certain Irish football fans are understandably, I would say, uh, bristling because Ireland are playing Norway in a friendly in Dublin next month and the thing has been marketed almost as this is your chance to see Haaland in Dublin. And we're saying, hang on, let's support our team first. But I think with each passing week, uh, that market employee might have a certain uh, good sense. Uh, one question on Manchester United. This this doesn't feel like as kind of crisis-provoking as the previous hammerings they've taken maybe over any spell over the last year, 18 months, have, have seemed to kind of uh, prompt because people recognise... City were just that bloody good, and they're just that much better than them. So, I don't know if, th- if this is th- this doesn't quite plunge Ten Hag back into crisis,
1: does it? No, I don't think so. Even though I mean it's six three, and I think everyone's agreed that that was six three going on eight yeah. one. Um, they made the four changes when they were getting battered, and they, they, they got a couple of goals back. So, uh, the, who are Manchester United gauging themselves against? And it isn't Man City; mm. just they'd love to. They'd absolutely, and every team would love to, but you, you kind of can't at the moment. One thing I would say about United, though, just for what they've got and what they've had for a few years, the teams that are going to cause a little bit of trouble for, or more than a little bit of trouble for Manchester City, are the ones that will say, sod it, we're going to go for you. We're going to go and chase you. We're going to try and close you down. We're going to really hammer it. And then what Newcastle did early in the season was, you know, that was good, that was interesting. That They're not utterly and completely invincible. But you need to have a team that can do that, that have that sort of attitude, mm. um, and have those sort of players that have got that energy. And that, that's not Man United, and it isn't Man- Manchester United. They've not got those those levels. Um, other teams, one or two other teams, have actually got them out. I, I think maybe Brighton at some point might give them a wee bit of a, mm. a push, and one or two others might give them a wee bit of push. But you can't see. You'd be surprised if like Chelsea did, or even, even Liverpool the way they're playing just now. But the hope is that they improve.
0: Yeah.
1: But the teams that are going to give City some questions, the ones that are not going to set off them are a bit sluggish when they move it. It's the ones that are going to try and play a high tempo 90 against them. Uh, easy to say, hard to do, but that's the only way you get close. Can I ask you a question? You only got into the menu, you didn't get points <laughs> first. 140. The ass. No way you're at. 140 on <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> off the ball. Weekdays from 7pm on OTB Sports Radio. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. On Liverpool then, a 3-0 draw against Brighton. Jurgen Klopp afterwards, of all the various issues he cited, uh, a certain kind of no-man's quality to Liverpool's defensive shape, he said, we didn't really press very high or with intensity, nor did we defend deep with tight spacing and and limited room. He said we were somewhere in between and there was space between the lines, space in behind, space everywhere. So that was his um, diagnosis of what went wrong. And I'm sure there's something in that. But also, it it just really does feel increasingly like that midfield. And look, this is ruthless. And Klopp, who loves these players as individuals, I'm sure would hate the thought of it, as would Liverpool fans. But if you're being ruthless, it feels increasingly that midfield needs tearing up.
1: I think he seemed to, over the summer, you you go for changes in a a squad and a group. And he's added a wee bit more, you know, um, creativity, I think. He's tried to get a wee bit more creativity and he had to make a few changes. And he has tried a few, but it's not been at the back. Um, but it, it's kind of noticeable. I mean, I remember talking a wee while back um, about w- worrying a wee bit about Van Dyke because he started to do certain things that certain players that are slightly older do, um, where he was completely imperious before that. Now, he's still the best defender and he's still one of the best defenders in the league and he's still one of the best defenders in the world. So all that... But you beginning to see this dropping off quite regularly now. Um, so, this was the guy who was kind of holding them together completely. Absolutely holding them together. So, Van Dyke doing that, I think the, the midfield starts looking around a wee bit as well. So, it's not Van Dyke's fault. It's just he completely and utterly allowed them. Remember, they'd always go two and two because the fullbacks would go. Hmm. Well, they're kind of not doing that now. Okay. Alexander Arnold's coming back a wee bit now. You probably note well. Come back, and then he's not tracking. Very well. Yeah, but he's coming back now, and so they've kind of got one less attacking option than they had before. So the whole balance of it is kind of fallen back. And what has become very apparent now, and I think it's kind of obvious to everyone, is that for all the great stuff that Trent Alexander's going to give you, he's not a great defender. Mm. He just isn't a great defender. Mm. He he switches off a lot of the time. He's not natural defender. You know the the ones that it's in their DNA that. They will cover all the time. There were a couple of goals I was watching, I was just thinking, why are you just running by? I can't remember which goal it was. It was one of the goals at the weekend there, and I think it was Matip. And they lose the goal, and Matip doesn't turn into like goalkeeper, I turn to he just turns straight round. The camera cuts away, he just turns straight round as if to turn Alexander around. Where are you? And he's like, 25 yards away, up the field? He said, no, no, why are you not here? If you've left... Do you, do, you remember,
0: do you remember Napoli, Pat, where someone knocked the ball around Alexander-Arnold and, like, this is in on the goal top. almost, and he, and he just was like, oh, I'm out of the game now, I'm going to pause. Yeah. Like, these are, I know Klopp made a very convincing defence of him a few days ago and how, oh, look, he's meant to be higher up the pitch, etc. But there are certain moments where, as you say, it's not excusable.
1: Well, if, if, if you're caught up the pitch which they do when they're attacking and someone breaks in you, but not during normal play when you're out of possession and you've get the play's over the other side and you cover around. Yeah. You, 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 there isn't an excuse there. there isn't, that's not a good enough reason. And Jurgen Klopp's not daft. He knows that himself. That's the thing you do. You cover around and you give your centre-backs a chance. You don't leave them one-on-one one so someone can sneak in behind them if they're drawn in a little bit. Um, And it's... You know, it's, I think the manager has to make a decision now. Is it? Is the decision going to be, do you want Trent Alexander to be that player still and just leave his defence? Because you're going to start losing. You're going to keep on losing a lot of goals if you keep doing that, because they're far too stretched now. And the cover... I mean, at the weekend, they have Fabinho and Henderson. Yeah. And you think, well, wait a minute. That ought to work. Yeah. You know, you've got two of them there. And they, they always play this like a 4-3-3. A you wonder now if a four-two-three-one would be better, mm. you know, because if you have got the two of them sitting in there, I know it has an effect on you know the amount of players you're getting forward. But if you get a four-two-three-one, then the full-backs can go, and you've got two players that can cover there. And you may actually need that now, and that's something that I think you know Klopp will definitely be considering because he's not a stupid yes. manager, and he's adapted quite a few times as it is, you know that high intensity stuff that they played for a long time and then they couldn't do it anymore for a while and then he adapted and that worked, the adaptation. It's looking like time for an adaptation. Um, and it'd be intriguing to see what he does. It might be personnel, as you say, mm. um, but you're right, the midfield, they probably just need a little tweak. And I would—I have to say, I'd be tempted if I was him to do the 4-2-3-1 to give a couple of bits of cover in front of this, the okay. defense.
0: Interesting. You have a habit of saying something like that and then two weeks later it happens, so I will uh, keep that in mind. The irony of this discussion is that Arsenal are top of the table and <laughs> they get like a quick uh, mention at the end still. Uh, 3-1 winners against Spurs. I think everybody increasingly enjoys watching this Arsenal team and has a, now, a, a confidence that Arteta is building something real. This isn't just, other oh, are having a good time. Um Sorry to hit you with a specific question, but I did watch the game and I thought I have got to ask him about this. Mm. You know this whole Zinchenko pops into midfield and Xhaka pushes on routine and they did it at Old Trafford as well. Why does that work so well for them? What's the the thinking and all that? And and then Arsenal broadly.
1: Well so Zinchenko's not a fullback. Everyone got in the habit of thinking he was a fullback. You can watch him with Ukraine, he doesn't play fullback. Mm. He's just not a fullback. He's much more comfortable in that position. So when he vacates that area and comes in, he's not a kind of lumpy fullback walking into that area. He's a right good midfielder who's creative in that area, who's you know, clever and knows how to close down and he's quick and he tackles well. He reads the play really well. So there's, you ask a number of players to do that sort of thing. That can backfire, by the way. yeah, He did that in the Champions League final against Chelsea and it, it blew it for him. It absolutely blew it for and, him. And
0: how so, Pat? How does it backfire?
1: Well, you backfired. That big gap behind.
0: Okay. terms <laughs> of that, they that. identify that, yeah. Yeah.
1: So you eventually identify because lots of teams over the last couple of years have identified. Again, back to Trent Alexander Ar- Arnold, they identified that he kept on going. So they just popped the ball over the top of him, whether it was there or not. Just put it over there and chase it, and then you drag the whole defence. You see where the problem is. The difficulty is doing that. The why that's difficult to do against Manchester City and now Arsenal, because you ain't got the ball. Mm. They've got the ball. He can pop over the top of the at the ball the whole time. And that's what he's been clever to do just now. i hold on everyone, hold your horses, we asked it was brilliant against Spurs. And I, I held will hold my hands up and say I was surprised at how much better they were than Spurs on the day. And they were much, much better. But how many real tests? That was a, a good test, but tests away from home, watched them in Brighton start the season, not that great after the first twenty-five minutes. And then they obviously played well but didn't get the result against Manchester United away. Um They're good, I won't be surprised at top three and I suspect top four anyway whatever happens Uh, Stay up there and uh, stave off Manchester City I don't think many of us are think that's going to happen
0: No, how many points are City going to win the league by?
1: Oh God Oh God They they could do it by 10, 15 if Liverpool don't, Somebody needs to go on an amazing run because City are going to do what they've been doing for the last number of years but I don't think anyone else can do it now. Mm. I don't think well, Liverpool obviously are not doing it now. I don't think Arsenal are quite good. But then I, I'm ready to be surprised by Arsenal, okay. and I'll be impressed with them.
0: Okay, well we'll watch this space. We're just out of time. Thanks, Mill. Pleasure. Cheers, Pat Nevin, with us as he is every Monday on our football show coverage. Brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season. Sky Sports. BT Sport and Premier Sports
1: Football on off the ball With Sky
0: All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports